DDCO at the plate, he's over for 2 today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. DDCO lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And last week, Thursday, we made uh, our long-awaited <laughs> uh, return to Guaranteed Rate Field. So we are here to uh, recap that action for you. Uh, it was White Sox versus Cleveland Guardians. Uh, and that was on Thursday, May 18th. But uh, before any of that, uh, it's episode number 199. So, Jeremy, who is your 199 guy? All right, Jack. Um, this is a one of the interesting things about, especially, I guess, maybe around these numbers, especially since we're heading to, like, a watershed 200 here. Um, it's interesting to find out, like, which guys have, like, this many homers, really. Um, so I was kind of surprised to see that this guy had 199 career homers. I went with Juan Uribe. Oh, yeah, Juan Uribe. I, I think that um, Steve Stone famously predicted a Juan Uribe homer. Uh, oh, it was just like in a net bat or something? Yeah, yeah, he predicted it beforehand. But, uh, yeah, sure, Juan Uribe. I, I, I have a lot of memories of him. Yeah, uh, Stoney was always pretty good at predicting things. Um, yep. Uh, mainly when he was with the Cubs, but um, yeah. So Juan Uribe, um, uh, you know, f- most famously known for the O five, being a member of the O five White Sox, I would say, um, played for sixteen years with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different teams. Um, yep. He actually, this is crazy. He was with the Dodgers as long as he was with the White Sox, which is crazy um, in terms of years. Yeah. Uh, not as many games, but you know, I would say his his prime years were with the White Sox. Um, surprising that he had 199 career homers. Um, mm-hmm. Was kind of like a good guy. Um, I get him confused. Do you? I don't. Do you remember Jose Uribe, Jack? From the from the uh, like 80s, not the honestly, 90s? not really. Did he play in the same era as Juan? No. Um, from the from late 80s, early 90s. Um, he was on okay. the Giants. Um, so, and they just called him Jose Uribe at that point, um, which I don't think anyone was maybe concerned about trying to pronounce someone's, someone's name properly, but Juan Uribe, um, uh, I think had the better career, although Jose Uribe was a good, um, fielder, but, uh, he actually died. I didn't realize that. That's too bad. In 06, Jose, Jose Uribe. But this is what about Juan Uribe. Um, so, um, so yeah, 199 career homers. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like he was, um, you know, let's see how what he played most of his games at. I feel like maybe third base, but he was like a shortstop at one point in his career. No, he played more yep. games at shortstop, yeah. So um, he, he kind of didn't seem to have like the body type of a shortstop. Really? No. Kind of like a, a squat, like kind of bulky guy. Six foot, 245 pounds. Um, like I said, a member of the 05 White Sox. Um, what other team was he on? Uh, well, he's, he was also on the 2016 Cleveland Indians. Um, I don't know if he was on their World Series roster or not. I don't. Yeah, he, I don't think he, so. Uh, he logged 73 games for them that year. Yeah, that's his other. Um, he was on the 15 Mets, too. Jesus, uh, what a cup killer. Series. <laughs> um so yeah um but um you know we couldn't go without mentioning the other thing i think that he's most famous for is um shooting an italian sailor so. <laughs> i uh you know I, this may have come up on the podcast before but i i don't remember i don't recall yeah i'm just google i just googled here like uh really quickly um from october 17th 2006 arrest warrant issued for Sox's uribe uh, an arrest warrant was issued Monday for Juan Uribe in connection with a shooting Friday night that wounded two men in the Dominican Republic. According to the Associated Press, Uribe and a bodyguard are suspected of shooting and wounding a farmer and a captain in the Italian Navy with a pistol Jeez. and a shotgun when they walked too close to Uribe's Jeep. Um, so, yeah, I think he pretty much I think he ended up skating on all of that stuff. Sure. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, what, what do you do in the uh, 06 offseason? Eh, shoot an Italian sailor. So, or two, I guess. But 
but yeah, so that yeah that those those uh you know that kind of went away for Uribe until this episode. Uh, thank sure. God for Rain Delay Theater. Um, uh, I follow some um, some guys who do like private signings with with athletes uh, these days, and this guy does a lot of like Latin players. He'll go to like the Dominican Republic or Cuba or whatever and sign and like get these guys. And so he was doing a signing with Juan Uribe, and I was like. Um, you know, I thought it, that could be interesting to get his autograph, but I think it was just a little too much money. But, um, sure. but yeah, I don't know. That's kind of mostly what I have about Juan Uribe. No, that's uh, that's that's pretty good, man. Um, yeah, it looks like he made $57 million in his career, which is actually surprisingly light considering he played for 16 years and he was kind of a, a well-known player. So that's uh, that's strange. But, yeah, career 255 hitter, never made an all-star team in, in 16 years. So that's uh, – kind of hard to do um but I, I will say this i had kind of completely uh forgotten forgotten about him until until you did mentioned him just uh, now so that's that's good yeah i think i think he came up because of that 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 guy who does those private signings um yeah he's come up at some point and some points in my like you know across my baseball radar but um but yeah that's uh what i feel like he we had some kind of like we did an episode of like guys who like never made an all-star team or something or like best yeah. guys who never make an all-star team or something. So yeah. Yeah. He, he for sure probably would have been on that. Um, all right. Well, uh, that's, that's Juan Uribe. That's pretty good. Um, and, Jack, and what a fitting, you, uh, would, yeah. would you pay $35 for Juan Uribe's autograph? Oof. No, man. I, I, I'm not, I'm not having crossed the threshold yet of, of paying for autographs, but, uh, you know, I, I've seen what you paid for a guy like Madden, and it's like, you know, I ain't paying uh, almost, you know, I, I ain't paying that for a rebate. Would you? <laughs> uh, $35? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> but uh, what would you pay for one rebate? Well, I mean, 35 is pretty cheap, uh, like in the world of like autographs. So sure. I don't know. It, it's basically asking, do I want his autograph or not? And I guess the answer is no. I mean, like if he was doing a signing like at a at the local church you know, uh, like convention hall or uh, social hall for like, maybe like 15 bucks. I would maybe do it. But, um, Leon Durham is doing a signing, uh, next month and he's like 10 bucks. So I'm, I'm down for that for sure. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, you, uh, you mentioned that. I mean, hell you even said Ron Coomer was 30. So I guess, yeah. I guess you, I guess you're right. That is low. It is. All right. Well, uh, we are. Uh, uh, we went to the first White Sox game of the season, as I mentioned last week. Or our first White Sox game. Um, yeah. Two we, we were meeting at the park. Gone, we've yeah. each gone separately, um, and we yeah. were able to report back. But this is our first uh, podcast White Sox. Yeah. Game. Um, and we we arrived separately uh, as well. Our goal was to get there around uh, gates open. We were going to try to graph for the Sox game. Uh, we've never tried to do that before. This was a weekday afternoon game. It was also the first weekday afternoon Sox game that Jeremy and I had ever attended as well. You know, we've been going to games together for 10 years. So it's kind of an uh, unusual circumstances for this game. Uh, and we did both arrive uh, right right around gates open, 1140, 1145, hour and a half before. Yeah. Um, so um, <clears throat> I, I'm not sure if we've gone to... I guess if, I guess you consider Friday day games week weekday games for Cubs, but um, but yeah, we never did a weekday White Sox game day game even before the podcast, which is yeah, that's crazy to think about. No, we never did. We did one weekday Cubs game uh, during the day. I think we both we went to that. Uh, it was the day we did the Legue. It was Indians uh, versus Cubs, Lester versus Kluber. Um, I want to say twenty fifteen, maybe. That was um, like a Thursday or something. Yeah, that was a, that was like a Monday. Oh wow! Okay, that was a makeup game, but uh, yeah. So we bottom line, we haven't been to too many weekday afternoon baseball games. Period. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, there's something eerie about a White Sox day game weekday weekday day game. But um, for sure. So so yeah. So I was um I yeah I I kind of uh, headed out the door early. I had to go to a doctor's appointment. Um, I had to um get blood drawn, uh, Jack, and uh, mm-hmm. so. Up until recently in my life, I, I had not had my blood drawn, and I, you know, was not looking forward to it either. Like, I just didn't really, wasn't too keen about getting my blood drawn with a needle, um, you know, uh, much like I don't think most people would be. Um, but in recent times, I've had to get those and then getting, like, you know, whatever, like, the, co- the vaccine shots and all this stuff. So I feel like it's becoming, like, more of a routine for me. But I did go... Um, 
uh, to the doctor's office beforehand. And um, this doctor's office is like in Chicago, like most places are, are reachable by train. Most like places that people have to go to at least, um, you know, like uh, you can usually get to it from a train line. This doctor's office is, is in, is downtown and it's kind of like right between two different stops. So either way you get off, you have, you have about a 10 minute walk. And I was like running late a little bit. Um, cause it was, it was kind of early in the daytime for me. And, um, so I was kind of rushing over. I thought I was going to be late. I actually was late by a couple minutes, but I had to walk, um, a good 10 minutes, uh, from the, from the train, uh, and briskly. So, um, I get, and I'm a fast walker. I think maybe we've talked about this. That certainly when we're, you are, you're faster than me. <laughs> certainly when we're dodging, uh, you know, <laughs> groups of four snot nosed punks walking four wide, uh, right. I'm, I'm a fast walker, but yeah, so I'm, I'm a fast walker. So, um, so I naturally like, I'm, I, like I sweat like all the time, like from walking fast. So I get to the doctor's office and, um, they, I, I go right up to the, the desk and I check in and they're ready to take me pretty much right away because I was already a couple minutes late. So the nurse uh, comes comes and gets me. I have to go over. They put you in this like chair where they like take your blood. It looks like an adult high chair. It's kind of funny. Um, it's like there's like this thing in front of you, um, like this tray sort of thing. And uh, I sit down and the, the woman is like, and I'm kind of like breathing heavy and like my glasses are fogging up. And she's like, are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, and uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, are you afraid of the needle? And I'm like, no, no, no. She's like, because you're, you're already sweating. <laughs> I'm like, Jeez. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, no, I swear I'm okay. And she's like, okay, are you sure? She's like, because you can go lay down and, you know, relax, you know, and I'll, and we can, we can do this in a minute. And I'm like, no, no, really, it's okay. I was, I was, I was late and uh, I was, uh, you know, rushing. I knew I was going to be late. So I was rushing here. Uh, and she's like, okay, well, because I don't need you passing out on me. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, and so like, yeah, she, she eventually, she like took my, she took the blood and I was like sitting there and I was like fucking, I was like sweating and like steaming up my glasses. Uh, she took the blood and it was, it was fine. And I was in and out in like five minutes. Um, sure. but, uh, but yeah, she was really holding my feet to the fire about <laughs> like passing out on her, which I guess the reality of like a full like an adult man passing out in this like adult high chair would probably be a with a needle in his arm would be a disaster so like i could sure. see why she was really making sure that i wouldn't pass out but it was uh it was i was like laughing like trying to reassure her that, that i wasn't afraid of the needle um that i was sure. just fucking sweating from walking fast but yeah and I'm, I'm sure she gets a lot of guys like you who try to act tough and then they pass out. So, <laughs> right, know, yeah, a lot of guys she who probably didn't. She probably wasn't sure until you like left. Yeah, no, she. Yeah, I know. A lot of guys say that. Hey, I was just rushing from the train. Don't worry about. It. Right. Um. So yeah, but uh, but yeah. So it was it all all's well that ends well. But uh, then I had like too much time to to kill before the the White Sox game. But uh, but yeah, we made it down there, got in right away, and then headed right down to the um to the to the White Sox. Even before that, Jack, though, like I said, like uh, I I had time to kill, so I was kind of sitting around. Um, they have like. I don't know if you've seen it. I feel like they've redone the outside of the the White Sox a little bit, like that that area, right? I guess it's called Gate Five. That's uh -huh. the gate that's like across the like on the north side of Thirty Fifth Street. Did you notice? I feel like they they've redone it a little bit. You know, honestly, I I went in I went in so fast because I was kind of trying to catch up to you. I got you there yeah. a few minutes behind you that I, I didn't really you know I didn't really stop to smell the roses. Yeah, they 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 have like um, new like lamp posts and they have they separated the entrances now for like um, infield and outfield and mm -hmm. then they have like they have home plate. If if anyone follows us uh, follows us on Instagram, um, I posted a picture of the old Comiskey Park home plate. Um, which is like out there. Um, it's in the parking lot by the parking lot. And they have like a little like chalk lines and a little like, um, AstroTurf, like set up around the, the home plate. So I was sitting on that ledge basically like waiting for you, waiting for the gates to open. And, uh, man, they were, they were rocking out to the sounds of the, the eighties, um, like for the gates open. They, they, there's like this little like bar patio. I, I, at first I heard this music and I was thinking like, it was just like the security guards were just playing like some like eighties hits, uh, sure. like, you know, uh, satellite radio station or something. But I noticed that they have this like bar patio, 
um, out there now. So people can sit out there and drink. And like, I think that's where the music was coming from. So it was kind of a disappointment, but they were playing Huey Lewis and they played, uh, get out of my dreams, get into <laughs> my car, Billy ocean. And like, yep. they were really hitting like the, the real, like kind of like just cheese, cheesy eighties hits. So, um, it was kind of, it was kind of funny to listen to. I just imagine like some South side, White Sox meatball being like, oh yeah, this this Huey Lewis is good stuff, man. They don't make them like this anymore. So yeah, it was no, funny for sure. I, when when you when you said Billy Ocean, I thought you were gonna say Caribbean Queen, but uh, yeah, you know, the other one's good too. Yeah, yeah, Billy Billy Ocean's good. Jack, we did a <laughs> we did a play with with a with a Billy Ocean song that fe- featured famously that. in it. Yeah, that's right. So there you go. Oh, that's that's good stuff. Um, yeah, you got you got there a little bit earlier than me. It seems like you you ran into uh, quite a you know quite a few characters there. <laughs> there was I I it's like you you like look at the people in line and it's like this is the kind of person who gets to a White Sox game thirty minutes early. Like, <laughs> just like it was, it was there was not a woman in sight. First of all, it was all sure. single guys. Some of them were wearing like t-shirts with suspenders. Some of them like had like gray like you know big mustaches. Like there were two graphers I noticed that were lined up who we would maybe cross paths with later on. Sure. Um, they were there early, and um, yeah, it was just uh, it's like man, these are like the real. This is the real like salt of the earth White Sox fan who gets there thirty minutes early, like at thirty minutes before gate opens for a day white Sox game like that it doesn't get any more like targeted zeroed in than that no for sure um and you know we we should say that uh you know we were worried there there were a lot of variables here because we never tried to graph a white Sox game before yeah so we didn't even know if we would be able to get into the 100 level uh thankfully we we did without any issue there was no there was nobody guarding the uh the entrance didn't even bother scanning this time around i mean like we were thinking like it would be really like petty of them to like scan for this game because i i saw the announced attendance and there's there's no way that there was even that many people there the the announced no. attendance was eleven thousand nine hundred. Oh god no there there were maybe maybe five thousand people there yeah i don't remember going to a I feel like eleven thousand nine hundred is really low for unannounced attendance for any major league game. Sure, that, that we've been to in the city of Chicago, at least for sure. Yes, but. Um, no, mo- most definitely. Uh, but yeah, the attendance was very sparse. It was pretty much like sit sit wherever you want. Um, uh, so we we decided first, uh, Jeremy. I found you. You were down by the White Sox. Uh, you, apparently, you had just missed. Michael Kopech, um, mm-hmm. and then there, there were basically no other players out there. We should say, and this isn't really a spoiler, but um, uh, there was a one ten start. The teams had played a night game the night before, um, mm-hmm. so there was no there was no BP for the Indians. And uh, we had a, we eventually went back to the White Sox side after we tried the Indians, and it was twelve fifty three for a one ten start. And I looked at Jeremy, and I was like, "There's no guys on the field right now." <laughs> yeah. um, and Jeremy was like, "Yeah, they both teams probably went out to Rush Street last night." Um, <laughs> yeah. Which, which you know, it, I mean, there may have been some truth to that for some of the guys, but you know, th- this was sometimes you go to a game and there's guys on the field like a half hour before, or like 40 minutes before, um, just running sprints or whatever. But here it was like it, there was no action until almost the very start of the game. Yeah. Um, so it was a, it was a tough scene, uh, made tougher by the fact that the Indians didn't take batting practice. So even an hour and a half beforehand, there was really nobody on the field uh, except for a couple of pitchers. So we went over to the Indians' side, um, and running sprints were uh, Cal Quantrill and uh, Shane Bieber. Uh, they were by the right field warning track, and uh, uh, there were a couple of other pitchers doing random stuff. Um, one of them uh, walked towards the uh, third base dugout, which is where the visiting dugout is in guaranteed rate. Um, and it was James uh, Karinchak. Yeah. yeah for- uh, uh, oh yeah. First base. Duh. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting mixed up. Uh, yeah. First, first base. Sorry. Said the exact wrong thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. So the, James- the, the, the Indians too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I right. Oh, did I say the Indians? You Man. said it several times, but that's. Man, I'm tripping. I, it was, it was hard <laughs> for me to say. Yeah. I'm like the guy from the Mariners, uh, grapher, you know, um, calling Ty France, whoever he called him. Uh, anyway, you know, we, we all, we all have a lot of, uh, you know, we all have a lot of room to grow. Um, but, uh, anyway, okay. So, uh, uh so James Karinchak, relief pitcher for the guardians, uh, is walking back into the clubhouse and, uh, you know, 
there's a couple of kids there, and Jeremy and me, I didn't have Karinchak, but uh, he got flagged down, and he, he came over. Yeah, they, so um, I think the dad came, called him over and said, was it, hey, Yeah, you, was it the dad? Yeah, I, I think, think it was. I think so. And then yeah. as he's walking over, he says, uh, I think they said, hey, hey, James, you got time for one or for, for an autograph? And he's like, well, for the kids I do, yep. uh, which is like, again, there was like two kids with like their parents and me and Jack. And there's kind of yep. like, okay, well, all right. All right. Yep. And so I did straight up just like kind of stand back and let the kid get an autograph. They they were like, oh, can he borrow your pen, uh, your marker? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I like leaned over and I, I handed the little kid um, or maybe I handed it to, to. Yeah. And I think I handed it to the kid and the kid handed it to Karen check and uh, Karen check signed for him. And I had my book open right to Karen check. And I mean, based on what he said, he was only going to sign for the kid. But it was like it's like the kid got his autograph um, Karen check was still standing there. I had my book right there ready. And I just go like, I just say like, Hey James, can you put one down on there? <laughs> and he, and he just, he's like, yeah, sure. And like, he signed it and like, you know, gave me the, the marker back. And it was like one of those things where it's like, man, it's like, are you really going to say no? Like in this circumstance, like it was, it's not like there was a bunch of people behind me. And if he signed for me, you would have signed, had to sign for 10 other people. Um, plus the way that it, we should, we should say too, like the way that it was set up is that, um, so, you know, the fence, the gates are the, the, the netting is all the way to the foul pole. So it goes all the way around the, the field. Um, there's like, it seems like there's only one spot on each side where there's a little door in the, in the wall where like, you know, like, the grounds crew can come in and out or something where the net there's an opening in the net that kind of like, like, like lifts up. So that's kind of, we were where we were standing. But the thing is like, when you stand there, we kind of like, we're able to box anyone else out. Like we were basically like occupying that space. So it would have been tough. I, we would have had to like physically move for to, in order for anyone else to get an autograph mm-hmm. there. So we kind of like could box people out. There was no one else behind us at that point when Karen check was there. And so, he did just sign for me, which was which was cool, and it was like kind of just like, hey man, this is not gonna harm anybody here if you just sign for me, and like I tried to, I tried to convey that in my choice of words, which is just like, can you put one down there, James? Yeah. So so yeah. Yeah, I uh, honestly, I'm I'm kind of glad that I didn't have his card because I well, he did sign for you because you gave the kid the pen. It would have been very questionable if he would have signed for me or not. So I'm 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 almost glad I didn't have the card to spare myself the rejection. Sure. Hey, yeah, you might have you might I might not have got him either if, if we both had the cards there. So I'll I'll take the assist from you, Jack, on that one. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and he is he is a guy I would have liked to get. But uh, anyway, uh, you know it's uh, cool that you got him. You got him on a heritage. So uh, you know that's you, you, uh, pretty you know sweet. You know what's cool about his autograph is um, he wears number ninety nine, which you know is definitely an an ode to uh, Ricky Vaughn, the Wild Thing. Sure. Um, and he signs it like he basically signs it like JK ninety nine. So oh, nice. That is pretty cool. Um, I should mention I just hit a uh, Charlie Sheen autograph uh, in a break uh, a, a couple weeks ago too, which I'm I'm staring at it on my desk right now. So it's oh you should you should have told him that. Yeah, that would have been cool actually. Um, I could have shown him the picture or something. <laughs> Yeah right. Um, yeah, especially if he's a yeah he's a fan. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the uh, the Guardians connection there too, right? So um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's cool. Um, yeah, uh, right after he left, um, there was a, a guy and like his his little uh, daughter, um, and they kind of shoved their way like past us, even though there were really no uh, no players to speak of over there. And uh, suddenly, out of the out of the first base dugout comes a. A, a sta- an Indians like staffer guy and uh this dad who shoved his way in um to our, like our version of the catbird seat in this stadium was like hey like he said he says to his daughter he's like hey do you want to meet your cousin Chris um and you know it's it turned out it Jeremy you made you made this Chris guy as Chris Valeka yeah I mean I he was saying that it it was one of those things like so when we were researching the team, like I saw that Chris Valeco was a coach for him for them, and like I'm like I know I have a Chris Valeco card, and I was gonna bring it, and then it just completely, for some reason he's the only guy who like slipped my list, um, for the whole like roster, and it turns out he was that. So then you know he was standing right in front of us for like an extended period of time, and we probably could have got him, but um, yeah. So he comes over and like. He's talking to like this guy, which I guess is his cousin, um, and um, 
this little girl that he had with his like daughter or something. So they're talking to Chris Vileka and at some point, like they talk for like a second and then Chris Vileka like lifts up the, the net and like the dad, the, the, the dad and the little girl get, go on the field. They just like go on the field, which like, again, this is like a testament to like how little attention is being paid at guaranteed rate field right now, or at least on this morning, on this afternoon. Um, but they just went out on the field without like, you know, a pass or anything. Um, so, and they just like, you know, we're talking, it's like, they could have talked not on the field, but uh, yeah, there, there was no, there was no reason for them to go on the field. No, I don't think the girl, like the little girl was in any way enamored by actually being on the baseball field. Like maybe no. me and you would be, but like, um, so yeah, so it was, it was, it was odd. Um, and they were talking for a while and, um, we, sh- yeah, so we were while this was going on and they were talking, we 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 were still keeping eyes on Shane Bieber and Cal Quantrill. Um, we had gotten a tip from Chris, uh, our friend, uh, who went to the Sox game the night before that Cal Quantrill signed for him and was a super chill guy. So I kind of was almost he said like if you ask if you can ask Quantrill, I, I'm almost guarantee I almost guarantee he'll sign for you. So I was like really banking on that. He has a cool 2013 Tops card that I wanted to get signed. So we were keeping eyes on them for sure. And uh, Jack, you even said like it would be it would be really fu- it would be funny if like these people being over here screwed our chances of getting like Bieber or something. Yes. So um, as they're talking, um, Bieber starts coming towards our our area. He's he's starting to come into the dugout. Uh, and uh, is going to pass right by us. And so, of course, like the parents, the same uh, Guardians family, um, yell over to him, like say, hey, you know, Shane, could you sign an autograph? And he walks over and um, and fucking Chris, Chris Vileka's cousin is they're still standing there. They're kind of blocking the way. But like I kind of try to edge in there a little bit. So we have it shot. Um and like so Bieber kind of has to stand like he has to kind of go around the guy to like go over by the opening in the net. So he does um he signs for the two little kids who were there originally. Um and some some other guy who we'll talk about in a minute ended up giving them a Sharpie. So I didn't even get the chance to like publicly <laughs> make the public display of handing my Sharpie to this little kid. Um, which was a bummer because maybe again that would have helped the Karen check factor. Um, but uh, so he signed for these two little kids, and then Jack, do you want to talk about the third kid who showed up? Uh, uh, yeah, you know, um, uh, shoot, I'm I'm trying. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yes, yes, I do. Now now I remember who yeah. you're referring to. So yeah, there there was a third kid who showed up, and I don't know what started this business, but he he did like a rock paper scissors with Bieber. Um, yeah. And then it, it, it this the whole business took like a minute um, yeah. of like just those two like playing rock paper scissors and then I think maybe the kid won uh, I don't know but uh, anyway he, like the, they they both threw rock like three times yeah or the it, first it was, time the kid did it, the kid did it like a weird way and like Bieber goes like oh you do it like that because um, he it was like rock paper scissors shoot and I think I think Bieber just did rock paper scissors and then threw whatever. And, yeah. and he's like, Oh, you do it like that. And like, they kept, they each kept doing rock. And I think Bieber assuming that the kid would do rock again or like would change it, did rock again. And the kid did paper and he beat him. Yeah. So I think Bieber was really trying to throw that and the kid fucking wouldn't, you know, wouldn't let himself win. He wouldn't take the W. Yeah, man. If Bieber faced uh Derek Jeter in an all-star game, he'd probably throw a meatball for him. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. Um, yeah, uh, but so anyway, yeah, this this took um, it took like literally a minute in real time, and it was it was one of those deals where it's like you know at the Cubs game, kids asking for an autograph and a selfie, where it's like okay, like you know this guy's probably got to go eventually, so could we please just get this show on the road? Um, and then the kid didn't have shit to sign, like he just he got his the the underside of the brim of his hat signed, um, and then Bieber left. Uh, we were yeah. literally like the next two in line for Bieber's autograph, and he signed for these kids. And then he left. Um, and while all of that was happening, like we were so laser focused on trying to get Bieber that Quantrill just disappeared. Yeah. Um, he must have gone into the clubhouse behind Bieber. But, uh, you know, because we, you know, we were only focused on Bieber, we have no, we don't even know what happened or when Quantrill went in. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a tough pill to swa- swallow because we, we missed Bieber. 
Um, Should have got him, really. And then we also missed Quantrill uh, as well. Yeah, that was brutal. Um, He said, like, yeah, I, I don't know why they started doing the rock, paper, scissors either. And then, like, when then after he beat him, the kid said, can I have your autograph? And he's like, yeah, sure, but only because you beat me. Right. And and whatever. And so then, yeah, he signs the thing and um, then just like just peels away like like flawlessly. Like, and so I don't know if he wasn't was only going to sign for the kids. I don't know if he maybe would have signed for us if it didn't take so long, but we didn't get him. And it was it was brutal, like how close it was. It was it was a real tough one. Real tough. Oh, yeah. Uh, denial. Yeah. So um, the guy who did lend the the, the Sharpie to the kids this, for Bieber was this older guy, um, definitely like kind of like a grand grandpa looking kind of guy, like uh, white hair, gray hair, um, kind of had like a little like, you know, kind of uh, like, uh, you know, labor to his to his gait as he walked, as he like kind of sat in his seat. Um, but he was a grapher. Um, we called him the grizzled grapher um, <laughs> because did he show back up for the next guy or was it for Bieber that he came back for? So no, he he came like he came over for Bieber, but he didn't get Bieber either. He got he got aced out. He was like he was standing on the other side behind those kids. Yeah, didn't get it. So what happened was like he kind of went over by the White Sox for a minute, or like he was sort of veering in that he went, direction. He went to the front of the Guardians dugout, I think. Yeah, front know. of the Guardians dugout. That's where he was. Um, and you know he didn't really have any luck over there either. Uh, so the the thing is, there was a one uh, guy. Yeah, there was one guy, and he was playing catch with, like, a, a another pitcher. Um, I think it was Logan Allen, and, and maybe – was it, so this guy's name is Tanner Bybee? I, I've never – Tanner Bibby. Tanner yeah. Bibby? Okay, yeah, I'd never, I'd never heard of him before. Um, and so, uh, anyway, these guys are just playing catch, like, not really long toss. They're just kind of playing catch, and they're over by uh, the, the right field foul pole. And, so, you yeah. know, so they're there for, like, 15 minutes, and Jeremy and I were trying to, like, figure out who they were whatever um so but we he, i think he was catching with like maybe the bullpen catcher or some somebody i think the, it was a coach that he was playing catch with okay okay um, yeah but yeah we were trying to make who this guy was and we were like looking at like he was a you know a general looking white guy righty um and like we were like going through the roster and like some guys were like six five and this guy definitely wasn't six five so we narrowed it down to either like tanner bibby or like trevor stefan maybe or something like that and yeah. then as we got closer, it, I, I, I said, like, I think that's Tanner Bibby, if I had to guess. Um, and uh, as he got closer, it, it was clear that it was Tanner Bibby. But as also as he got closer, the grizzled grapher, who was previously had disappeared, somehow magically reappeared at the exact perfect time to call Tanner Bibby over for an autograph. Yeah, or what must have happened, because we, we kind of got bored, like, figuring out who the, those guys or that guy was. And we, we were, we were looking over at the White Sox dugout to try to determine if we should go over there. And we were debating the merits of staying by the guardians or going by the White Sox. And, uh, like I kind of saw this grizzled grapher in my line of vision, like coming over towards us. He mu- he must've been watching those two playing catch and saw that it was wrapping up and just like came over, came over, uh, to the area. And then it was, it was amazing. He just, he swooped in and was like, Hey Tanner, you got time for one? And like the guys, the guys signed for him. It was, uh, you know, it was definitely an experienced move by this guy. It was an old hand. Yeah, yeah. He 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 had that that sixth grapher sense, I guess, um, and got him right away. And then like I was, <clears throat> I was bemoaning the fact that I didn't have him. I looked for him. Um, he was a fifth round pick in 2021. Uh-huh. Um, he was definitely in Bowman, but I just don't have him. Uh, and he was in a couple other sets. Um, Elite Extra Edition and Prism Draft. Actually, his Bowman card might only be an autograph, um, so I don't think he had a Bowman base card. Um, and I just I, I searched. He's one of those guys that I searched for, and I thought that I had him, but I didn't. And uh-huh. maybe I still do have him, but I just couldn't find him at the time. So I made a last-minute split decision. I had um, a, a Guardians team card, so I got him signed on the Guardians team card. Um, That's right. So I, I got him for the hell of it. Jack, I did go ahead and order a Tanner Bibby card because um, I, if they come back to Chicago and he's on the team, he seemed like super cool about something. Like oh, yeah. I said, I said, thanks. And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. No problem. Of course, you know, no problem. Like he seemed super friendly and super into it. So I think I might be able to get him on a card. Like if he's still on the, if he's on the roster when, when they come by. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good call. Um, so, yeah, after, after Bibby went in, uh, there were no Indians players. So we made the executive decision to go over to the White Sox, um, see who we could get there. Uh, there was no real logic behind the decision other than, like, the White Sox had won the first two games. Uh, maybe there will be some guys who would sign because they're the home team. We, we didn't know. So anyway, we, we went over there, and we got a good spot. Um, uh, people had There were a bunch of people lined up by the White Sox dugout, uh, right by where their, their on-deck circle is. But yeah. um, those people get kicked out at 40 minutes before game time. So um, eventually everybody got kicked out, and, and a few of them came over to the section where, uh, where, we, were, uh, where we were, which is kind of right past the uh, third base dugout. Yeah, by the um, tarp. By the tarp yeah. um, <clears throat> is where the opening is on both sides. And it was funny because we saw the security guard kick them out. We got a tip that that's when they kick people out. And so yeah. just like clockwork right at that time, um, we looked over and the security guard was like waving everyone off. And then we'd see him point basically at us and tell, tell them, Hey, you can go stand over there. So we were like, ah, shit, these people <laughs> are coming over here. So we, we kind of like kind of hunkered down and got closer to the nets to kind of, kind of close off the, the access a little bit, even though like these two fucking dorky little kids like push right by, right, right by us, right, right up front. Yeah, they sure did. They pushed by us. Then this other this other grapher guy comes, who's a little older. Um, you know, he's older than us. He's probably in his, his like late forties. And so he comes up to us too, and uh, he looks at my Expos hat, and he's like, "Oh, Expos, huh? That's that's an old one." And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "They still make that hat?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah. They they still make it." Um, yeah, but anyway, he eventually saying, like, he kept saying like, "How's your Expos hat so clean?" Yeah, yeah. Like, first of all, that Expos hat isn't that clean. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what this guy's standards are for whatever's clean, but like, there is like a bl- somehow a black sharpie mar- mark on like the white part that bothers me. Um, so it's like I almost feel like I need to get a new one. Um, but yeah, he came over and he pushed past us, and then there was this this mom and this this little this little kid um, with uh, with very very long hair who we at first thought was a girl, but yeah. then the mom was referring to the kid as he and calling the kid, I think, like, uh, I, I don't know. I forget what the kid's like name Andrew was. Andrew or something? It was like Andrew or Alex or something like that, but it was like, oh, that's a that's a boy. Okay. Because um, the, the kid's hair was down to down to uh, their waist. Um, yeah, it was crazy. It, it was. It was it was insane. Um, and so, Jeremy, you made a reference to, I didn't I didn't get this reference, but you made a reference <laughs> to little, little Hercules. Yeah, yeah. Um, if anyone knows, um, I feel, you know, and, and just in the news, RIP Jerry Springer recently within the last couple of weeks passed away. I think maybe little Hercules might've been on Jerry Springer or maybe it was more of a Maury Povich type of thing, but little Hercules was like this little kid, this like kid, like maybe like five years old or something. Yeah. Six years old. That was like super chiseled. Like it, like <laughs> the, the, the kid had like packs and like a six pack and he was like a little kid. Like maybe he was like six, seven years. I don't know. But like, and long hair and his name was little Hercules. And uh, I'm like, yeah, there's fucking little Hercules over there. Uh, then I Google little Hercules and I think he had like done some jail time. He's like in his twenties now or something, oh, but, good uh, Lord. yeah, I don't think it, it went well for little Hercules. Um, but, <laughs> uh, you know, what do you expect when you, when you're on like these fucking trashy shows when you're like six years old and you have a fucking six pack as a little kid. So it's, it's fucked up, you know, it's fucking the American culture is fucking brutal, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's little Hercules. That's what happened for him. So. No, for sure, and and the uh, I'll say this: the the mom um, who was with him was was using the kid to try to get autographs. Yeah, she was like, "Hey, like, could you sign one?" Dylan Cease came by, and Dylan Cease was pitching that day, and this was the first I had heard her say something. But she was like, "Hey, Dylan, come on, can you come over here and sign one?" I was like, "Jeez, <laughs> lady, like that's a little you know, a little salty there." Um, yeah. But well, much, uh, yeah, she was much. definitely like somebody who tried to probably just get White Sox autographs. But like, she was definitely a White Sox uh, like grapher girl. Yeah, much like much like little Hercules' parents has exploited him. This this lady was exploiting uh, her her little Hercules for autograph purposes. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, the cycle <laughs> uh, continues. Sadly, no, that's that's great. Um, yeah. So anyway, Co- we uh, we had just missed Kopech uh, earlier in the the day. But he came back over, and we got him. So that yep. was cool. He was not uh, a guy that I ever really expected to get. 
Um, nope. So uh, the fact that we did is cool. Um, it, it's been very disappointing what a complete bust he's been as a major leaguer. So now that now that I have him, um, you know, I want him to do well. Yeah, he um, yeah had had some a little bit of a head case uh, things, a little, little off the off the field issues. Yep, uh, was injured. Uh, definitely. And we saw one of his first starts back in 2018, I, I think. Yeah. And we saw like his second career start or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Kind of a big deal. Maybe that's when I, you know, I could have thrown that one out at him if I thought maybe we would have met him, but it also might've brought up some bad memories like prior to his, uh, Tommy John surgery, but, uh, right. yeah, he had like a weird, like tattoo on his hand too, like a, a spade or something, or like an ace of spades or some kind of thing, like right on his, like the, like the webbing between his like thumb and his index finger. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but, no, um, it was, yeah. it, it was, it was weird. Um, but you know, Hey, cool guy. He signed for us. He certainly, uh, certainly didn't have to. Um, uh, he was one of the first guys out on the field. Like I said, uh, nobody, nobody else for the white Sox or even the guardians came out on the field till about five to one. And the game started at one at one ten. Uh, everybody said Jake Berger signed, but, uh, the guys were just, they were out there so late that they were just focused on like running sprints and just getting loose that that nobody else for the White Sox signed. Um, uh, uh, was it is it Gregory Santos? Is that who it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was over by the White Sox dugout, and even though they weren't really letting many people buy that dugout, like there were still a few people who got passed, and Gregory Santos was there, and he he signed for them. Um, Santos eventually went on the field to play catch with some guy, and the guy was really tall. He, I mean, he was about six eight. And he was wearing a Michigan, uh, like, uh, just sweatshirt. And, you know, after looking at him for, a, like, a couple seconds, I was like, is that Juwan Howard? Um, yeah, and it sure was. Juwan Howard was on the field playing catch with another really, like, younger tall guy who looked college age. So I, I, we were trying to determine if that was Juwan Howard's kid. He's, he's probably old enough to have a kid of, of about that age. Um, uh, but yeah, Juwan Howard was on the field playing catch with Gregory Santos down the third baseline before the game. Um, uh, we're not sure if he threw out the first pitch or really what he was doing there. I know that Juwan Howard is from, I, I think he's from the south side of Chicago, so it makes sense if he was a Sox fan. But also, like, Juwan Howard got canceled a little less than two years ago <laughs> for for slapping a Wisconsin Badgers assistant coach in the face. Um, so, uh, and and, you know, Michigan fans generally seem to want him to be fired so they can move on. Um, so yeah, of, co- of course, of course, this guy's at a White Sox game playing catch with one of their players. VIP guest, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm looking. I'm just googling right now. It says University of Michigan basketball coach Juan Howard adjusts the shirt of his son Jet Howard before Jet threw out the first pitch. So like, did this kid get draft or signed or something? Like, did he, is, did he commit Maybe. to Michigan? I, I do. I do recall him playing uh college basketball maybe last year I, I remember seeing his name and i was like oh does Dwan howard have a kid who's playing now yeah um, so, yeah looks that's, like that's worth uh-huh. looks like he's on michigan yeah so okay i guess he threw out the first pitch though and not Jawan, but um that's kind of weird um maybe he got like nil money for it or something like that i don't i don't know but um yeah, it's it's kind of kind of strange that like they would have a, a college basketball player throw out the first pitch, but um, or in, maybe they wanted Juwan to, and he's like, no, let my son do it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, that's that could be, or they were like, uh, we want Juwan, but he didn't hit some guy in the face, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, so uh, so that was that. Uh, Kopech was the only guy we got on the White Sox, but hey, you know, even even when you get one, I'll still take that. It's pretty good. So we decided to sit in our uh, usual seats, uh, sort of behind home plate, uh, near to the first base side. Um, there there was some annoying uh, business going on in front of us. There was this old this old guy, and he kept uh, he had a sweatshirt, and it was it was chilly. We'll say that um, it was chilly in the shade. So he had a he had a sweatshirt. Um, he was wearing a t-shirt. He was going to put a sweatshirt on. So he stood up, um, and of course this was well like in the one the first or second inning. Guy stands up to put his sweatshirt on. It takes forever because he's an old <laughs> guy and he's just an idiot and he he can't figure out how to put this sweatshirt on. He puts the sweatshirt on. We kind of lose track of him. Two minutes later, we see him again and he's standing up and the sweatshirt is off. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't he, understand how that happened. And yeah, then he, he had to. 
Yeah. He made a big deal about putting the sweatshirt on and like fucking like rolling it down like like he was like dressing a mannequin or something. Like <laughs> it's it, it was like the most un like the most drawn out putting on of a sweatshirt ever in the history of the world. And then he gets up like he goes up to like go to the bathroom or to get like a concession or something and comes back with the jet with the sweatshirt off. It's like what the fuck happened when he was up like up in the, you know, up 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 in the concourse, but like somehow the sweatshirt came back off. It's like make up your mind, man, you know? And like and standing the whole time like yeah, it was like what the fuck? Like there was like five of those guys maybe. It was like yeah, there were yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. It was like 80 for Brady, but like with the white sock. <laughs> it's like 80 for Burger or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the equivalent of that shit would be. Um, you know, and like I was also remarking remarking to Jack. It's like, you know, like you, you get a group of like fucking like Lincoln Park Trixies like at a Cubs game standing up and drinking and like taking selfies and like they get roasted. But it's like there's also a group of five 70 year old guys who are doing the fucking same exact same thing. So, yeah, no, it was it was ridiculous. And I, I guess we can just group this in since we're talking about these guys. First of all, maybe like maybe like 70 for Ben and Tendi or something. Oh, that's good. That's that's good. I was trying to think of a 70. Yeah. Yeah. 70 uh, for Ben and Tendi. That's good. Probably about how old these guys were. That's, that's how much money uh, Ben and Tendi got too, 75 million. So <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah, th- there was this uh, uh, also later on in the game. Um, these guys got food. And it was one of those things, we've complained about it before, but they all felt obligated to stand up while they passed each other food. And yeah. it's like you said, Jeremy, at the game when we were at the game, like that's that's the dumbest trick in the book. Yeah. Um, there's no there's no reason for anybody to need to stand to like, you know, get food receive food from somebody else. And one of the guys, like he was halfway done with his hot dog by the time he even sat down. So it's like what what are we doing here? And it's like they couldn't figure out which guy got which food so it was just like this key and then they kept moving rows it was a, like a keystone cops thing of just these guys like passing food and like mo- you know moving around and it was just it was terrible yeah super annoying super just inane like sit the fuck down man like you know they were they were like i don't think they were sitting in their seats like cuz they were kind of piggyback like there was like there was like four guys and then one guy sitting behind all of them i think Maybe there are two guys sitting behind all of them. It's kind of like the, um, what did we call that guy at the Cubs game, at the Drew Smiley game? Uh, oh, gosh. The annoying uh, guy. I forgot what we call them. But, um, oh, but like, was it, was it uh, not the floppy floppy hat guy? Yeah, yeah, the floppy hat bozo or something. I forgot what we called them. <laughs> I what we call them but, oh, yeah, yeah, it was we, we substituted bozo for a different word, I think. But, sure, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that also began with a B. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it was the same deal. Like it was just like, yeah. I mean, the, these are the, uh, the 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 cautionary tales that happen at a day day game White Sox game. So so whatever. But um, um, speaking of food, um, first off, right off the bat, I was able to bring in a a, a whole bag of nerds, which was pretty cool. Um, like I got to eat a whole bag of candy, Jack. You put a question mark in the notes here, but you saw me eating those nerds. Oh, are you referring to your actual nerds that you yeah, were eating? Not I, real I forgot nerds. what I forgot what candy what candy that was. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were you were eating those, sure. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty sweet. Like, um, yeah, you know, just um, bring in a whole bag of candy if you want. So I I, I might try to do that in the future. Um, so I was I was kind of munching on that for most of the game, but. Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, we talked, we were wondering each separately. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, but we were each wondering separately if um, they had the heater back this year, the heater uh, hot dog, um, which uh, again was like a kind of, I think it was like a cheddar jalapeno sausage with coleslaw on top and chipotle mayo. Um, we both sat in the upper deck in our respective solo games and did not see the heater. Um, but we we're proud to report that when we were kind of like making our way around the main concourse, we did find a stand that had the heater. So um, at some point I went over and, and got one and uh, they did change the sausage up a little bit. It's now like a cheddar bacon sausage, I think. Um, so it has a little bit of a, a slightly different taste, but I'm happy to report that the heater is still top notch and I'm looking forward to getting another one. 
Nice, man. Yeah, I, I do hope that they have it in the upper deck, too. Um, I don't know if I did enough recon when I was up there in well, that first game. but Yeah, I think, like, I mean, this game was also an anomaly because they had they actually had two stands on the first level that had the heater, but the second one was closed. And I think that it was just closed because they expected there to be, you know, less than 10,000 people there. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. The, the jury's still out on the upper deck. I mean, like... The graffer guy was saying, like, hey, they should, they should just close the upper deck, which I, I kind of agree with. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I also don't necessarily intend to sit in the upper deck again, so I don't know. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, uh, and I, I do know, I think, that for several games earlier this year, I think they did close the upper deck. So did they? It's not, yeah, not without precedent. Um, uh, yeah, there were a few, uh, a few funny uh, White Sox uh, things on the scoreboard. Um, something I had noticed, and, and this, this came out on, like, the get-to-know-you section for Ronaldo Lopez. It was, like, between innings. But um, <laughs> he, uh, uh, he, he said that his theme song was the Halloween theme, you know. I'm not doing it, doing it well, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's your typical John Carpenter, like, you know, easy, uh, you know, synthesizer it's, piano it's the, score. Yeah, it's the, it's the you know, the, the iconic. Um, yes. It's, it's one of the most iconic scores, uh, pieces of all time, but of John Carpenter specifically. But I think the thing that made me laugh about it that was so funny is just like, I think that there was like, you know, like kind of like Latin music playing. Like it was a whole like highlight package of, of Ronaldo Lopez. It's like getting to know Ronaldo Lopez, even though he's been on the fucking team for like five years, and he's been <laughs> bad. Uh, but like, it was just like, um, you know, I think I, I correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, but I think that there was like, you know, some sort of like Latin music playing in the background and yes. it was like Ronaldo Lopez, like from uh, Venezuela or wherever, Dominican Republic. I'm not sure where he's from. Uh, you know, uh, went to school here or whatever. It was giving facts about him. And then it was like the, the uh, entrance song, Halloween theme song. <laughs> it's just like, it just sticks out like a sore thumb. And like, it, I think I knew that he came out to that too, but it never really yeah. registered with me uh, until you see it in print. And it, and I just, I'm like, like how did that go down? Like did the the little the like the the house DJ for the White Sox go up to the players and they're like, "All right, uh, Mr. Lopez, what would you like us to play when you come out?" And he's like, "Uh, Halloween theme song." And it's like, uh, <laughs> "Okay, sure. Are you, are you sure about that?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, definitely Halloween theme song." It's just it's really funny. So, I don't know. I don't know why he plays it. Like does he think it scares the batter or something? Yeah, like That was yeah, I was that's what I was thinking. Like it strikes fear in the heart of the pitchers or something. <laughs> Yeah there, yeah, there used to be a pitcher named Mike Myers. I don't. Do you remember him? Oh he yeah, was a, a lefty. Um, yeah, yeah. So that it seems like it maybe would have been a little more appropriate. But and I don't there's know. Uh, Mayor Myers, right? Mike, My, but yeah, it's Mike, pronounced yeah. Myers. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mayers. Yeah, um, for sure. So there, there have been a couple of them, but you know, somehow it's Raylo who does it. Uh, yeah. So that was that was uh, that was funny. Um, of course, they still have a, haven't gotten rid of uh, the Bona Beef race. Cheesy's making it uh. look easy. Yeah. Still, it's just a mainstay. It'll always be there, and it'll always be the same video uh, 81 times a year. Um, uh, yeah, the game itself, uh, nothing too remarkable. Um, not much offense uh, to speak of in it. Logan uh, Logan Allen um, pitched a really good game for the Indians. We were trying to determine if he was good or not. Um, yeah. Dylan he was Cease firing it up there like in the high 90s, and he was sawing guys off too. He was, yeah, a lot of, a lot of weak contact. Um, Dylan Cease also pitched pretty well for the White Sox. It was a well-pitched game. It was a fast game. It was maybe two hours, 15 minutes. Um, but uh, there was a crucial point in the game where the Sox kind of lost it. Uh, Tim Anderson made a pretty big error in uh, in the seventh, uh, the seventh inning, I think yeah. it was. Um, yeah. And uh, when it happened, I didn't see this, but of course you're going to have a White Sox fan who does it. Um, uh, some guy threw down uh, uh, something, something that was in his hand. It was either his hat or a ma- he had a mask or something. But like Anderson makes this play. So like Brian Rocchio hit the ball back up the middle to Tim Anderson. Anderson goes to throw it to home, I think, to try to get to try to get the guy at home, and he he biffs it. He he bobbles the ball and drops it, and uh, everyone's safe. And uh, the guy in front of us, yeah, he, he, I don't know what he had, if it was just like a napkin or like his mask or something, but he's like, ah, and he like threw it down on, he spiked it down like on the ground in front of him. And it was just, it's kind of funny, um, even though it's, you know, I'm sure that guy's going through a lot of pain, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty funny. And um, yeah, they, the, the, the Guardians scored two runs in that inning, ended up winning the game three to one. They, they actually charged Dylan Cease 
with all three earned runs. Uh, really? All three of those were charged. Yeah. Uh, even 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 now, like uh, that. No, they didn't yeah. change that retroactively. I I just checked it just to just to make sure, and they still have them for three. So. All right. Shit. I got I got to change my scorecard then. Yeah. I guess they figured that guy on third would have scored even if it was a ground out or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then the next guy was already on second base, I think, when that error happened. So. Yeah. Um. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Always, always interesting how they how they decide to score those. I'm sure. I'm sure Dylan Cease wasn't wasn't happy about it. But <laughs> yeah, there was no home cooking there for the. Uh, for the, official, <laughs> by the official yeah. Scorer. No, that's pretty funny. Um, Jeremy, you made a reference to this at the game, and I didn't know what the hell you were talking about with this Jake Berger thing. So what? Oh, what? What? The what uh, the Smashing Pumpkin song, Jack. The... I, oh, I didn't hear it. I it, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't register for me. Did he come? Did he? Did he walk up to that? His um. What the is? What what the hell is that song called? Is it called "Rat in the Cage"? The the Smashing Pumpkins. Um. It's weird. I didn't feel like I heard any like walk up music for any White Sox player. I, I guess maybe I just wasn't like listening. But like, uh, uh interesting because we, we mentioned before that they're so short now. Yeah. Um. Bullet with butterfly wings is what it's called. It, it's funny. I haven't thought about what that title of that song was called in probably like twenty years. But the chorus, like, despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. And so, like, that's that's Jake Berger's walk-up song. And uh, it's kind of funny when you think about it because it's like, is Jake Berger saying that like him being on the White Sox is like him being a rat in a cage? So. <laughs> It's kind of funny. It's like a, it's 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 one of those like if you read too far into it, it doesn't reflect great on the White Sox organization. But, um, no. but yeah, I guess Jake Berger is a rat in a cage. Yeah, even though yeah, he is he is having a pretty good season so far. He is he has been their been their best hitter. Um, uh, so another big return uh, for the White Sox pitching his first game since I think October 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 of twenty twenty one. Uh, yeah. Was was Garrett Crochet? I was wondering um, if maybe we were at that game where he pitched last or something. But yeah, yeah, I mean it's almost possible, probably. But uh, yeah, he hadn't pitched in a freaking year and a half, uh, which I hadn't realized. I thought maybe he pitched a little last year before he got hurt, but apparently not. Um, so anyway, uh, he comes in to pitch the uh, the ninth for the White Sox, um, and uh, was it the eighth or the ninth? Um, it was the um, it was the ninth inning. Yeah. Okay. He pitched a great inning, but this is a pretty big return. I mean, the, the Sox obviously had high hopes for the, for this guy. He's, he's a big part of their rebuild, um, and just no reaction at all to him coming no. in and like getting guys out whatsoever. In fact, most Sox fans were leaving or left like bef- like as that, he was coming in. That's the big thing. Yeah, they're like um, after the eighth inning uh, ended, and um, the White Sox failed to score. Um, it was kind of like a mass exodus as Garrett Crochet was being announced. I mean, he was warming up and then like he's coming, he's, he's running out onto the field and like, it's like, Oh, well too bad. You know, th- 200 people just left, uh, this game because he's coming in for the first time in like, yeah, over a year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would be like if, if in 2019, Josh Hader had gotten hurt at like the end of 2017 and then he sat out a whole year and a half and then he came back and like Brewers fans left. Um, I mean yeah. like. That's the caliber of pitcher they want Garrett Crochet to be, and you know you have you have fans leaving. There, you know, to, to Sox fans' credit, there was a contingent of like twelve fans right by the White Sox dugout who gave him a standing ovation when he when he walked back after getting the third out. Yeah, but uh, yeah, when, that was that was about it. When they finally realized that he was playing, or they relegated. I said they they must have relegated all the fans who actually give a shit to like one that one section behind the dugout. <laughs> Um, Jack, we were at his second to last game. We were, he really? pitched October 1st and before that he pitched September 29th, 2021. And we were at that game. So that Jeez. was, car, that was the White Sox Reds game. Um, wow. so yeah, we almost were at his like last, he made one appearance in between those, those, uh, the, the, you know, when we saw him basically. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a feeling we were maybe you know at that game or pretty close to it. So sure. So yeah, I mean that's good for good for them. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, just it's like come on, like you know, like Kyle Hendricks is on the brink of returning for the Cubs, and you know maybe Kyle Hendricks a little bit bigger than cro- Crochet, but like it's still it's like their Cubs fans are gonna fucking they're gonna need to bring a change of pants uh, when, <laughs> when Hendricks myself included um, when uh, when Hendricks returns. And, um, you know, these people couldn't give a shit about Garrett Crochet. <laughs> um, 
Well, uh, any the game ended uh, pretty unceremoniously, and and we left. Um, uh, we we both decided to take uh, different train lines home. Um, yeah. Jeremy took the green line. I took the red line. Uh, Jeremy eventually transferring to the brown uh, downtown. Um, yeah, Jeremy, tell me what I, happened on the green line. Well, I feel like Jack. I feel like you like kind of foiled yourself by reminding me that I could take the green line home. Sure. Because yeah. I, I will say, like, just just in general, and I, I'm sure this probably uh, um, applies to you as well. It's like it's such a long train ride back to where we live from the White Sox. It's like it's nice to ride back with somebody. Uh, yep. not right by yourself. I would say in the daytime, it wasn't as like kind of crucial. Like it's probably a little nicer to do that at night. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I kind of forgot that I could. So for anyone who doesn't know the, the red line in Chicago, it's always been a fucking disaster zone, but since the pandemic has been, it's just fucking, it's just, you, you could say it's straight up dangerous. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like people are getting shot and stabbed and all kinds of shit, and it's it's it ain't pretty and like it's it's sad to say, but like um you know so I, I was I was already on the red line I took the red line red line down there I had to take the red line um for uh for this doctor's visit so I I, I kind of had my fill of the red line already um and Jack rem- and but Jack lives right off the red line so um that's his line now um yep. but but i um we used to transfer to the brown line because we lived closer to that but uh yeah any chance i could get to not take the red line i'm gonna do it so jack reminded me that i could take the green line to the red to the brown and so i did it and then jack was uh was stuck riding uh home on his own and I, I have to say i had a pleasant ride home um you know into the loop and then transferring over i mean it's crazy because coming home from work I get on the Brown line at uh, Adams or Washington and Wabash, which is one of the stops where you can transfer over to the Brown line sure. f- to the green line. And uh, you know, I just never, it, cause I would never be on the green line getting off at downtown. So it didn't never occur to me like, Oh yeah, of course. Like those, both of those buses or both of those trains stopped there. So anyway, I was able to, to come home and like, I think I'm going to, that's going to be my routine from now on. But um, yeah. And but yeah, it's it's way better too to take the green line just even even to the loop uh, downtown just because with the red line uh, and uh, Jeremy I will say you you can transfer from red to brown at Fullerton too um, so you could you I, could have stayed could have stayed on there with me for a little while <laughs> I could have stayed on there with yeah. you but I I, I can't I can't stress enough how much I hate the no, fucking red no, line no it's really bad because because when you board at Sox thirty fifth um, they just uh, you know regardless of if there were uh, you know a thousand people at the White Sox game or, or thirty five thousand. That red line stop uh, at Sox 35th is always packed. It's just yes. always, always full of people. And <laughs> there's never a train coming until like 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, if you think that you've beaten the, the – if you like run ahead to try to beat the crowd to get down to the platform to get on a train, it'll be 15 minutes and everyone will have a chance to catch up to you to, to wait on that platform with you. So it's 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 always – you always get screwed. You do. Um, somehow, probably just because there were only – you know, 3000 people left in the stadium. I did get a seat on the red line, which is nice. crucial because that means I'm, I can sit down the whole, the whole way to my stop on the North side. But, uh, so I'm sitting like next to this lady, um, who had been on the train before me. And then, you know, people start getting packed in like sardines. And so this, like this fucking, like, you know, 50 year old Karen from the suburbs, um, <laughs> bumps into the lady sitting next to me. Like I said, who had been on the train and you know the this this Karen goes like, oh oh I'm sorry I, I bumped into your leg, um and you know Jeremy that that sort of thing in these circumstances on the red line it's not even it's not necessary to apologize it's just no. like yeah you're you're gonna bump into somebody you're actually but then, asking for trouble by apologizing yeah, I feel. <laughs> yeah yeah you no know, absolutely so then the the lady uh, sitting next to me just kind of shrugs it off and is like oh yeah yeah whatever no big deal and then uh, and then so then this Karen like keeps talking to her she's like oh like uh where where are you from are you from chicago and the lady's like yeah i'm i'm from chicago and then uh somehow like so then they're just like this lady starts talking to the woman she bumped into this this suburban lady and it's just like what what's what's happening here like why why is this going on and then uh these people are clearly like strangers and then so then then the subject comes up of this 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 karen is asking this woman where she works and the woman says, oh, I work at so and so. I didn't catch the name of the restaurant, but she's like, it's a very fancy restaurant downtown. And uh, and Karen goes, uh, she's like, oh, uh, what what do they serve there? 
and the late the lady goes hundred dollar plates and the uh the <laughs> and, and then and then the woman goes no but but what's their specialty and then the lady goes everything and uh, <laughs> i was like everything they got hundred dollar cheeseburgers there like what the what the fuck and then uh the lady's like um yeah i've only been working there for one month though and then the, the karen's like oh well you must be very talented and it's just like what what why is this conversation happening um, jesus and that was you know that was all it was but i i like that uh, the Karen woman like tried to ask an obvious question twice to this other lady yeah. and like got foiled both times. Um, you know, and the second time she was like, ah, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to try to ask again. Although I was, I was curious, like what kind of food they serve now. But, um, did she say know. the name of it? She did, but I, I wasn't okay. like honed in enough on the conversation at that point to have, have caught the name. Um, but I, uh, I sure would have liked to. I mean, you know, it was probably if, if she was telling the truth, it was probably some place like, you know, Gibson's or something like that. But uh, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, that was uh, that was my red line uh, ride home. So there you go. Yeah, pr- pretty tame uh, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> um, yeah, especially since Jack, the last time we took the 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 red line last year, someone like threw up right in front of us, I believe. Yeah, so. they they did. That was during uh uh what? Your, well, there there was one time during uh Lollapalooza when we took it right uh right at the height of the monkeypox <sighs> scare. So uh yeah, that was <laughs> it was just you know there's been a <sighs> lot of bad experiences on there, Jeremy. So I don't I don't blame you. Yeah, good God. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, well, the, all's well that ends well. Um, another White Sox uh, loss. And, um, yeah, that was our first trip to the White Sox uh, stadium this year. Um, you know, we didn't go to many games last year just because we caught, like, autograph fever up at Wrigley. Um, and tickets have been a little cheaper. Um, we'll see what the future holds. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Obviously, we'll be at, a, a, you know, our fair share of White Sox games this year, I'm sure. For sure. Um, and we will uh, likely be doing another uh, Cubs game uh, as well within this next week. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have that in the pipeline. And, uh, yeah, episode number 200 is coming up as well. So um, stay tuned yeah. for that. And thanks for, staying, thanks for staying with us for the first 200 episodes. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, on that note, uh, we'll wrap it up uh, for this week. I am Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Spokowski. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.